Tonight, what I really want to do is reiterate to each one of you what God is wanting to do in and through our bodies. It's, God's always had a vision. God, there's never been any lack of vision on God's part. Matter of fact, he knows from the end, from the very beginning to the end and from the end to the very beginning. He knows it backwards and forwards and he knows it all. And he wants to share it with us in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says this. Um, now, I know sometimes you read it in the King James Version or in the New King James. It says, where there is no vision, people perish. And happy is who keeps the law. But in the message, this is what it says. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. How many remember your life before you could see what God was wanting to do in your life? Was there some stumbling that was taking place? I mean literally some stumbling I'm not talking about figuratively, like there was some really stumbling going on. There were things that happened in our life, and, and it's not until we begin to see, God, this is what you're doing. This is what you're saying to me personally, but also to us as a body. And so when we attend to that, that's when we're going to be most blessed. And so we've narrowed it down to just four simple things, four simple steps that we want people to go on with us. And we need you to help bring people on that journey with us. Um, when we started this vision, and actually we discovered it years before, and we're working through it as an eldership. When we were working through, Lord, what are you saying? We discovered this is all through the Bible. But when we started putting this into action and putting this into place, we began to see where at the end of June uh, last year, we were keeping numbers, and yes, numbers matter. I, I, I like to keep those. They matter to you. If I were to ask you how much is in your bank account right now, that matters, doesn't it? If you if you happen to pull up your account and said zero zero zero, you're like what? You would you would be in a big panic. And so numbers are important. Your blood pressure numbers. How, how many of you know those are important? Your blood sugar numbers, huh? Some of y'all got to really watch out for that. Praise the Lord, I don't have that one. Praise God, but. Numbers do matter, but not for the sake of simply numbers, because God loves each individual person. And so we started, there was about 150 to 160 on average showing up here every Sunday morning. Um, now uh, we have an average, because with this past few weeks we've had quite a few, and we knew during the fall season that more people would be coming when people get settled back into routines and people start going um, the last two Sundays have been well over two. Uh, one was 285. One was about 270 something. And so there's going to be an increase that begins to take place in our midst. And it's not simply about the numbers. What I need you to do is these are people's lives that matter. Every life matters to Jesus and it matters to us as a church. And we want to make a difference. So our four things are simply this. Number one is we need to know God. And we want people to know God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and you don't have to answer it, but how many of you grew up going to church, and you knew about God, but you didn't necessarily know God, besides me? <laughs> I went to church every Sunday, and matter of fact, I argued one of my friends down that I know, he asked me, was I saved? And I, I was like, yeah, I'm saved. <laughs> of course I'm saved. 
And he asked me, no, do you know Jesus? I'm like, yeah, I know Jesus. I know he died on a cross. I know he was born a virgin. I know all these things. But if you'd have asked me, did I know him personally? No, I knew a lot about him. I knew where he was born. I knew where he died. I knew what he did. But there wasn't anything me personally knew. As a matter of fact, my answer to him was this. I go to church. That makes me right. I go to church. It's like saying, I go sit on a car lot. It's going to make me a car. Or if I go swim in the ocean, I, I, sure, I'm a fish. I go swimming in the ocean. It would be the same analogy that we try to use. We want people not just to know about God. And you and I, together, that's how we do. We make it real that, hey, God is real and he really loves them. And you, are, you and I are the ones that help demonstrate that. So that's our first thing. And if you don't know God that way, to where it's a conversation, you're not trying to get to him. He's already got to you. He's already reached you. You're not trying to reach him like, oh, no, I'm, I'm trying to get there. If, if that's you, could I challenge you tonight to just sit back just a minute? And instead of you trying to reach, if you'll just allow him to reach you, allow him to come and minister his life to you, you'll go, wow, that's what it's about. So that's the first thing is we want people to have that knowing, that, that understanding that it's a very personal relationship. Second is um, we want them to find freedom. We want them to have a place, and we want the church, we believe, and I know you believe, that we need to settle yesterday's issues. All of us, even today, and this is, this is a big one, even today in the church, can I tell you we still have issues? <laughs> can I tell you the problem with many times is the world sees them, but we act like we don't have them, and they're like, I'm not going in there because they're a bunch of... That's one of the things instead of saying, hey, I see you, you see me, I got stuff going on, but hey, I've just found a way and the person that actually the way maker that gets that stuff out of us. And so finding freedom is, is helping people heal yesterday's hurts. Do you know that even in church, there are people that will go decades with things that happened year, decades earlier. And I'm telling you, God does not want that to be. And we're the ones that help to get... Get to offer that. Helping people settle that. It's kind of like they can't see clear. And so it's kind of like looking through the lens of yesterday, trying to discover what the, the next thing is, trying to discover their purpose. It's like going around with cloudy glasses. I don't know, and those of you who, know, who, who wear glasses regular, you know, sometimes you're just like, wow, man, it's kind of foggy outside. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I just had to wipe my glasses in a little while. <laughs> You kind of wipe them off. It's the same thing. When we don't get our past cleared up, then we really can't see what God is trying to do, which is the third thing of discovering our purposes, which is this. This is looking through the lens of tomorrow. See, when you get that stuff behind you and you realize, I belong to him, he belongs to me, and works, and you're like, wow, you can start dreaming about what he wants to do in and through you. You start looking and going, hmm. Wow, what are the possibilities? What really it turns into what can I do instead of can't I do instead of what can I do? He loves to do that. And then the the fourth thing is is that um, uh, trying we want to make a difference. We want I'm telling you the most exciting people on the planet are those who are making a difference in other people's lives in a positive way. Let me say this to you: you are making a difference. Let that sink in for just a minute. You are making a difference in other people's lives right now. 
I'm not saying it's good, but you're making a difference. <laughs> you are making a difference. And you and I, if we'll take these steps, like you can't, these can't really get out of order. If you try to, if you try to come in and think, well, hey, I'm going to come find freedom, but I don't know God. <laughs> Let me say this, before you try to, to, to get all cleaned up, and that's one of the common mistakes is this. There are people outside the church right now that are thinking, y'all ever heard this? I just got some things I'm working on. (laughs) Like I got to get all cleaned up and then I can go to church. And I'm not talking about physically cleaned up. Like I got some stuff I need to get cleaned up. Can I challenge you that you know this and we know this. We've got to be able to communicate the message that you'll never get, it'll never happen. You and I both know the only way that happens is we got to let God get to us. Not us trying to get to him and let him clean us up. Not us trying to do it in our own strength and power. We'll just keep going around. And so um, what we know is this, is that anything that God does, there's always a counterfeit. The devil wants to counterfeit it. That's what it, that, that's right here. It says, when I don't see God's vision for my life, I'm in danger of settling for an earthly counterfeit. And so that's where we get into going through the motions of religion. Where we just go through the motions of I'm just doing these religious activities and duties, but I'm not really expecting God to do anything. And I want us to break that off of us 100% that I just believe God can do anything. One of the most incredible compliments I've ever been given in my life, ever in my life, it came from the sheriff. It came from Sheriff Jump. I was, somebody, I was like, he said, yeah, Mark just believes God will change anybody. I was like, (laughs) you better believe it. You know why? Because that's me. There is no reason except for God that I'm even standing up here in front of you tonight. It's by his grace, his mercy that he's doing that. And so here's the counterfeit. If we don't stay continually connected and and following what he's doing, instead of knowing knowing God, you'll want to know me. And I want to figure out me. And it's the me train and, you know, self-help. And, you know, and I can figure out it's all about me and what I need. And the next part is instead of finding freedom, we'll find fame. Look, there's a social media platform that that's where everybody spends their life going, hey, look at me. How many likes can I get? <laughs> Let me say this. If Jesus were physically on this planet right here, right now, and he had a Facebook, which Jesus does have a Facebook page. He's got like 34 million um, uh, quote uh, followers or what have you. They're kind of like fans what we talked about this morning, it, it's not mattering how many likes you get. He's wanting to change lives. It's not that. So many times we're trying to, to experience fame. Hey, look at me. Notice me. Aren't I, aren't I special? And I'm telling you, God determines that, not somebody else, which we'll see in just a moment. And then the third thing is they'll discover a platform. Like if I can't stay focused on what Jesus is doing, I'll use all type of things to try to go and, and promote and do things that really, instead of helping, they'll just destroy people. It'll, it'll take them out. Instead of draw them to God, it'll draw them away from them. And then the final thing is, instead of making a difference, you'll make a dollar. Like, it's all about how much money can I end up with. And let me say this. It doesn't matter. We, we've seen some rich people recently that have passed. They all die. It's still, the, the money does not go with them. It's we determine now what we do with that. And so... When we talk about the eyes of our heart, now everybody knows these are our eyes. 
But Jesus says there's a seeing that goes far beyond our natural sight. Matter of fact, Paul said, I seek to know nobody by the flesh or seek. I just want to know them spiritually. Lord, what are you doing in that life? Lord, how are you operating that life? And so he wants to enlighten us and show us things, reveal things about our own life. How many of you know that sometimes things can get hidden inside of you that other people see that you don't see? That people see things inside and you go, you got two choices. This is part of that 31 years where I'm celebrating 31 years. <laughs> that I had enough understanding, enough wisdom to go, oh yeah. Because <laughs> the first few was like, you know, you know how it is when y'all first get married. You're, you're still trying to do the dance and you're stepping on each other's toes. And you're like, you're trying to take two wheels and make them one wheel. And, and you're like, hey. And they see stuff and point stuff out. And you're like, what? Me? The problem's you, not me. You know, we, we, we go through that. Um, this is where God wants to open our eyes and begin to see the heart, the, the real issues on the inside. And he wants to use us to help other people do the same thing. Enlighten us in order that you may know the hope to which you were called, that he called you. Let me say this, everybody's called. God doesn't pick favorites. He doesn't go, oh no, I'll use you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, mm-mm. And he put hope with calling. And that's a powerful thing because of this. Many people don't have hope because they don't know their calling. Like they're doing religious activity, but they don't know exactly why they were called and what they're called to do. So they're hoping someday, if they stay faithful with it, eventually, They'll get there, and it's called this. They'll fake it till they make it. And I don't believe we have to do that. I believe that God wants us to know why we're, why, how we're designed, how He designed us, and what He wants us to do, because that's where, that's where our hope's found. So, I'll put it this way, so that when you're going through something, and you've got stuff coming at you, and there are things gonna still come at you, when you know what you're supposed to be doing and, and what he's called you to do, you have hope in the midst of it. It's, it's not like it's going to overtake you. It's not like many people think that when all my problems are solved, anybody ever been there? If I can just get all of my problems solved, my financial problems, my job problems, my relations, all the different problems, and I just got good news for you. It's never going to happen. Jesus promised us, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And so I'm saying to you with this especially right here where Paul was saying, he said, I want, you to, I want you to know why you're called. That's where the hope comes from. That I know in the midst of it, he's doing that. And then finally, so that, why? So that the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, you may experience, and this is the big thing right here, you make a difference in other people's lives. I make a difference in other people's lives. People get to experience something they never would have unless you were there. I always like to put it this way. Your place where God has you should be better because you're there. It should be different in a good way because you're there. Whether it's a job, whether it's your house. Whether it's wherever you're at, you can say, it's going to be better because I'm right there. God's going to be working in me. He's working through me. My eyes and my finger open and standing. 
my eyes are open, I understand. And so what I want us to do is we're going to go back through this. We started out and we're going to work our way back through this vision of, of what God's doing. And that is this thing of making a difference. See, making a difference is when you and I, we, we take and, and we, we allow God to do what he wants to do. And, um, in such a way that we're fulfilling his, his ultimate goal, which is totally impacting somebody else's life in a positive way. And so the only way that happens is this. Think about it when you, uh, when you're involved in a situation. Um, I've, I've been blessed to be put in many situations. You've been blessed to be put in many stressful situations. And I haven't been blessed to make the right decision all the time. You haven't been blessed to make the right decision all the time. But when we think back to and say, hey, when I, when I lay my head on my pillow at night and I can say, Lord, somebody's life has been impacted in a positive way simply because of taking a moment. And we're not talking about hours and, you know, you got to give up. It, it, it may, but it may not. Just simply bringing some hope and encouragement to somebody around me. And so this is what John 15, 8 um, this is what Jesus says, and he says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It's like living a life of productivity where you just produce. That's what God wants to do. He wants to produce love. He wants to produce light. He wants to produce all that through you. And he wants to do that through this church, that people's lives, and they are being done. I want to say this to you. Lives are being transformed right here at this, at the, on this campus and off this campus because of you. And you know how I know? Because, well, hold on just a second. Let me, let me, before I go there. In John 15, 11, he goes on to say this. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. In other words, and we've shared this a few times. We're going to continue to share. A few times a year we'll share there is a, what Jesus is saying here, 2,000 years ago, there are, there are secular psychologists are now, just now determining and just discovering this. What he already knew and told us 2,000 years ago. They're saying now that there's this, this level of living that they call transcendence. That's this level of living where it's not me winning, it's me helping you win. That's what they're saying they used to. Where it was, uh, Henry Maslow was a thing where my number one goal was to win, win the championship. You know, get, win the Super Bowl, get whatever it was, get to the top, make the money, get the girl, whatever it was, get to the top, and I reached the pinnacle of success, and you're like, woo, I won. And then they found out, and as we found out, you see, you see professional athletes, you see, uh, you see um, musicians, you see actors, actresses, you see all these people that have, quote, reached the pinnacle where they have millions of followers and, and they have all these people that are looking and leaning and saying, yeah, you're the greatest. And they recognize, they end up taking their own life. They end up, I, I remember one, Michael Phelps, when he was the greatest swimmer ever and he made all these accolades and when he found out he couldn't compete anymore, he actually went to a spiral down and almost, he, he literally went into a suicidal state. And he realized the only thing that brought him out was he can make a difference in somebody else's life. 
He realized, I, my, my, my purpose isn't over. I'm just discovering it. And so that's ours, is when we make a difference in somebody else's life, that's when we're at our best. I promise you, that's your greatest. When you do it, you're like, Mark, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really a people person. It doesn't matter if you're a people person or not. When you, when you affect somebody else's life, you get lit up. That's what Jesus said. Your joy, my joy may be in you because of that. Matter of fact, here on this campus, I've got right here in my, my hands, these are cards. These are some of those of people that have made decisions for Jesus. Over the last year, we've had 30 people that have given their life to Jesus and, and surrendered to them, said, Lord, and that's you. That's not, I'd love to think it was my preaching. It ain't that good. I know that. And some of y'all are smiling. It ain't that funny. Y'all be careful. <laughs> say, say. I'm working. I'm, I'm working hard. I really am. Y'all know it too. I'm studying. I'm going, Jesus, I want, Lord, I want what you want. But these are from you. When people show up in here and they go, hey, how you doing? And they don't, that's, that's what, that's what's getting out in the community. That's what people are knowing. Like, man, I don't know. I, I've had the privilege of going to lunch with some of these people. And the one thing that drew them was you. He said, I was just overwhelmed by just being, feeling welcome. That I was wanted. I was actually wanted. To go to a church and feel wanted at that church is incredible. And that's you. And so we celebrate them. There's other ways. Like in our, our, our academy right here. We got a, y'all, we got the best academy right here in Georgia right here. Y'all give it up for Miss Cindy Zangla. And I'll just tell you, if, uh, if, unless you homeschool and you, you, unless you're doing that, it's like, John's like, yeah, whoo. If you need somewhere to go, I, I recommend you may can spend more money and you may can spend less money, but you can't spend your money better than having them right here on this campus. As a matter of fact, let me give you some of that right here. It's 35 years we've been doing this. Um, we've had over 1,500 students who have walked our halls. Um, 27 new students are represented this year alone. I'm going to tell you, that's through prayer and through you. 27 new students that did not. That is a powerful thing for them to come on this campus to do that. Um, 25 new families we have right here. Um, it's a 24% diversity in our student body. 11% um, African American, 7% Asian and Indian, 6% Latino. 100% of our students participate in art. P, technology, Spanish, music. They are getting an incredibly well-rounded education. 118 is our current average SAT score. 54 points higher than the state of Georgia average. 92% of our graduate, uh, graduates matriculate to college of their choice. That, that's right here. That, let me say that, that none of this could be possible without you. It couldn't happen. There's no way that I can promise you the school cannot go on its own. This is from you pouring into and being a part of that. I just want you to catch a vision. Plus, our students do outreach projects, mission projects. Everything they do is a reflection of what you because we give them the ability. And because of you pouring into it, that makes a difference in them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Plus, we have our children's minister, Miss Kellen Laracy. She does a great job. At, at our, our jam on Wednesday night, we've got our youth ministry, uh, our Pastor Mark Anthony that does a great job 
with, with people coming in from all over. It's, it's, it's growing. He's got leadership, developing them. Um, we, have our, we have our dream team, which is what we want everybody to be a part of. We want everybody to do something. Nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. And so we, that's the backbone in the life of this blood that actually keeps this. You know, if you think of your body, there are many systems that your body's made up of. You got your nervous, your respiratory, you got all these different systems. But there's one system that if you don't have it, you're not really nearly as effective as you would be. We like to call it our skeletal system. Let me say, if that one system was not operating, this conversation would be a lot different. We'd be like, We'd be little blobs. (laughs) It would not be the same. And so that's what this dream team is. That's part of it is you're the skeletal system. Like if somebody shows up here and like say you got a single mom that shows up in this place. And they just need, they're they're just trying to find some peace to help me. You know, my heart goes out to single moms. Your heart needs to go out to single moms and go, wow, that is tough to do. I've watched my sister. I've watched others that have walked that road, and it is a tough road to hoe. And we want to make sure that we're there to help them. We don't jump and say, well, I know, the, I know in the church you got to be careful. Well, they shouldn't be getting pregnant out of wedlock. They shouldn't do it. You're right, but they did. And so now what are we going to do? Are we going to say, hey, you know what? Let us help make a difference in your life. Let us watch your child while you go receive from the Lord. You go, you go be around adults and actually speak adult language a little bit, you know? Moms know what I'm talking about when the kids are living like, ooh, ooh, hey, okay, no, no, y'all, no, no, okay, what, stop, what? You end up reaching, you know, you go to a restaurant, hey, stop, no, no. It's like, excuse me, that's the server, you don't get to say that to them, um. Anyhow, moving forward, when we go, this is what happens when our joy is complete when we start serving. That's why we come together with others to do something that matters. That's what we're supposed to do. We come together to do something that matters. And what matters? It's, it's eternal. What matters is what matters, what goes in heaven. And that's lives. Those are people. And so we always want to do that. And, and so, which always leads to the next thing when we're talking about making a difference. We can't make a difference unless first we've discovered our purpose. See, that would be just me doing some things that, that look religious, but it's like, hey, when I discover my purpose and I'm actually operating in the gifts and the skill sets that he's given me, then what happens is it, it turns into a tremendous thing where I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to ask you a question. Do you know what gifts and talent God's have, has, what God has placed in you. And are you confidently operating in those or are you still searching? Because if you're still searching, good. You don't have to stop. It's a continual. We, we like this, this continual learning. You're continually pursuing Him. Psalms 139 verse 13 and 15 says this, For you created my inmost being. And we're not talking about your innards there. We're not talking about your intestines. When, when David wrote this, he's talking about the very core of who you are. What you would be like. Your, your abilities. Your personality. What, what, you would, what, what kind of person you'd be. You know, God wired you that way. He wired you in a certain way 
That's what it talks about. He knitted me together like that. Why did he do that? He so that he wanted me to do something very specific, and he gives it to us. And this is what it goes. Why? Because all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And this is where many of us, uh, we disqualify ourselves. How many of you know, or how many of you are like me, you took a pen and you said, you know what, God, you do okay, but I'm going to write a few chapters myself. (laughs) And you started writing away and you got involved in things and you did stuff that you knew were not even close to what God wanted you to do. And if we're not careful, what happens with us is we we can, uh, we can disqualify ourselves or disqualify others simply because of us saying, hold it. I- I've got to understand that even though I may have made mistakes, and I have, Lord, I still, you still ordained me to do certain things. That hadn't changed. Do you know right now, um, I remember speaking with one of our dream teamers, and we were talking about what God is doing and what he's going to do. This is almost a year ago. It was after we were first kind of kicking this off. And uh, they were saying, well, where are these people going to come from? I said, they're not saved yet. <laughs> they said, what? I said, they're not saved yet. And, and the lady looked at me like I had two heads. I was like, you understand that every person has been born with gifts and talents. They just haven't given their life to Jesus to discover them, but they still have them. It's not like we get saved and then God goes, okay, now I got some talents and abilities for you. Wow, I was waiting for you to do it now. Look, there are people that are operating in their gift sets, but in a wrong way and for the wrong reason. So they're still there. This is what we call pulling treasure, and that's where we've got to do that. And so um, let me say this, that what happens is when you don't know that, you get depressed. I, I, there's a lot of depression, a lot of things going on. And I'm telling you, part of that is, is you're not operating in that gift set, in that calling to where you know, God, you called me to do this. Like, I want to tell you, it's not a struggle for me. My, my thing is, it's not a struggle. I, I love what I do. It's not a struggle. My thing is struggling to get it all. Like, man, Lord, I want to do it all. My wife's going, slow down, slow down. I'm like, I know I will, honey. <laughs> It's a matter of us saying, Lord, I want, I want to accomplish everything you have for me. I want it, every one of them that's written, I want to live every one of them out. I don't want to show up in heaven and go, well, you got about to chapter 10, and there was about chapter 200. You missed those because I, I left myself shorter. I left him short. I just said, hey, I didn't believe you'd actually do that with me or do that for me or do that through me. That's what we want to do. And I want to say to you, Tonight, that you and I, we're not one in a million. We're one of a kind. You and I are one of a kind. That there is never, ever, 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 I don't know if I got enough evers, ever been anybody just like you on this planet, nor will there ever, ever, ever will be anybody just like you on this planet. Ever. Oh, ever. Hold on just a second. Let me say it one more time. There's never going to be anyone like you, Peggy, ever. Never has been, never will be. Look at your neighbor and say, never, ever, ever. (laughs) Never, ever, ever. Ain't going to happen. You are unique. You're original. Look, most people get depressed because they can't be like somebody they see. (laughs) 
They're trying to be like them. We go, I just want to be like them. It's like, no. I want us to, to help people go on this discovery and, and be able to discover the purposes and the plans that God, that's why this is what we want. And, and you may have already done it, and I encourage you to go back through it again if you don't have it. How many of y'all um, ever had to retake a class in college <laughs> or in school? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and confess my sins. I'll be the first. Y'all, I don't know what, I don't know who came up with geometry, but they were demonically inspired and, and, and <laughs> some of you know, you people know what I'm talking about. I'm like, they were thinking of torturous ways of going, nah, how can we make people, <laughs> we're going to come up with postulates and theorems, you know, and we're going to try to make people, I'm like, what, what is, how do you do this stuff? Listen, I'm telling you that, uh. They, they tried to make that thing difficult on purpose. Just because you go through the growth track once, you can go through it again. You're like, I, I didn't quite get what I was wanting. Go through it again. Look, I promise you, it's getting better. You know, the first time you go through something, it, it's good, but then it gets better. I'm like, ooh, Jesus, you're just revealing more and more. And so that's what we want. We want everybody to complete the four, step, uh, four Sunday growth track. And, and I had people, and I still have people, you know, well, well, do I have to? <laughs> no, but it sure would help. <laughs> it would help you and it would help me. And it would give you understanding as you do that to go through what it is and what we're doing and how we're doing, what we're talking about here tonight. Which always, when we do this, after we discover our purpose, you know, the only way we can discover our purpose, if number two, as we work our way back, is we have to find freedom. We have to find freedom. Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. He wants every person free. And we're the ones that help deliver it. We're the ones that help people get free, get, get through their past. We'll either let them let the enemy eat them and beat them up. Or we'll help them. And it's not easy because this is where this is where James 5, 16 comes in. James 5, 14 and 15 talks about if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. We'll lay hands on you, anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. Bless you and the prayer of faith will raise them up. And if they committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. But 16, this is where James, the brother of Jesus, makes it very clear of this. James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be forgiven no so you may be healed now i'm going to say this to you you know i, I don't advise going and confessing your sins to everybody <laughs> that's not wise at all <laughs> i'm going to go ahead and tell you you, you can do that and um you know that you you would you'll, you'll get free in many ways, you'll get free to go to lunch by yourself. You'll get free to go. You'll get free to do everything. He's like, whoa. Um, I would. This is where small groups. This is what this is what this is all about. We're fixing to start another semester in a week, and here's what I need. Some of you in here still not stepped up and said, "Hey, I can lead people. I can be a small group leader." I can help people. I've, I've got interest. And let me say, small groups is not simply, it's not a mini Bible study. It's not a mini church service. It's not like, hey, we, we're going to pray for the next hour and a half because 
I promise you, somebody needing to get free that just comes into the church, they're not going to sit there for an hour and a half. It's not going to happen. But if you connect with them and you take them on the journey, you know what they need? They, many of them don't need a, a, a theological discussion. They just need a friend. They just need somebody that they know cares about them that says, hey, I got nothing against you. I'm, I'm trying to help you. And then they need somebody that will be honest with them. That when they pull the mask off, and that's what it's about doing is pulling your mask off. You need people around you that you can do that. I have men in my life that they, they at any time, first of all, they have access to this. But I have people that actually get to, uh, they get a report on my, my laptop and my, my cell phone. Uh, some people that they, it's, it goes to their email. Every Friday they get it. You go, hey, <laughs> praise the Lord, there's nothing that I had to worry about. But um, just to encourage you. But there are there are there are real life situations that if they if we don't have people that we can do that with, or people that can come up to me and say, Hey man, how you doing? And they don't they look at me and go, No, no. How are you doing? And there's been times where I just break out. I had a friend the other day call me, How you doing? I'm like, Well, to be honest, I've had a couple tough weeks of things that had to be done and different things and decisions that had to be made and and I, I, you know, that's not something I go, hey, guys, this is what we do. And, but I had a friend that said, no, 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 I can tell. How are you doing? And they're on the phone. We had a nice little time just talking through some stuff. We need that. Everybody needs that. And this is, this is why. This is why. I will always, always, always be as sick as my secrets. I will always be as sick as my secrets. And let me say, we have to, all of us, like I said, that's not telling everybody, but you do need to tell somebody. There's somebody you need to, and, and, and let me say this to you, church, when somebody does choose you, honor them. I, I honor people when they come and they share some of their deep, dark, dirty stuff. I don't go... <laughs> I go, you'll never see it. That's why I don't get on Facebook. I don't, I mean, you can, I don't even know the last time I posted something. I, I really don't want to get on there because I don't want to see stuff. I don't want to, I'm like, Lord, I just want to know people the way you know them. I don't want to sit there and judge them according to what they, what they posted on there. And how many of you, be honest, you saw people post stuff and you thought of them were completely different? Whether it's political, whether it's social, whether it's relational, you look, hmm. It happens. So, when we look at this thing about our, our, our secrets and what have you, this is what we have to do. We have to connect with other believers in small groups. It has to happen. And uh, we're talking amongst the elders. We meet twice a month, just so you know, let y'all know that. And we're not, we're having to move, we're moving into a season where we're not a church that does small groups, but we're a church of small groups. Like everything we do, it, it matters that I'm connected with you and you're connected with me. And you're connected. The body stays together. Where, where you need somebody, hey, come on, let's lock arms. Let's do something. We're always better together. We don't want to be left out hanging. But that's up to people. And we've got to create the environment and the atmosphere where people can do that. And let me say where the first thing that happens is when you look at them. The way you look at somebody will tell them whether or not you're safe or not. 
I heard a testimony recently of a, a girl that just got a job at one of her, right here at one of the restaurants in town, and her mom came in and was sharing her testimony of, of uh, they, were, they, were in, they were building camaraderie, building teamwork. It's a bunch of waitresses, and they start sharing. And so the, the manager, the one that was training, had to step out and says, well, y'all just talk amongst, y'all, y'all just talk amongst yourself. And so the one began to talk, and she began to say uh, who she was. She's been married, been married for a while, and she's, she got married young. She said, yes, I got married young. Answered all their questions before they could ask them. Yes, and no, it's not been easy. And yes, we've had a real struggle, and began to share that. But the beautiful thing is, she goes, but you know what? Through God's help and through my pastor, we actually work through it. We're together. We're loving each other. We're, we're a family. We're doing this. And um, one of her colleagues began to express her, her preference as far as um, uh, her gender. And, uh, and she goes, so? She goes, I bet you won't like me now. And she goes, I love you. I choose to love you just right where you are. And then the girl goes, what? And she goes, yeah. She said, here. She goes, I just want a hug. And she gave her a hug right there. And, and the manager came back going, what's going on in here? What happened? What did they do? And it's just because of somebody stood up and shared their testimony of, of the stuff they'd been through. They didn't say, well, I've, I've got, you know, children. I'm doing this. She just shared a reality of what she was gone through. And it drew people to say, I, I want somebody real. And that brings us to our last one and moving our way back. It's simply this. Knowing God is everything. But none of this happens unless this happens first. None of this happens unless this happens first. Like, this is where, church, we have to understand that if we're trying to train people that aren't born again, you're trying to put spiritual principles into physical, fleshly minds, and it blows them because they're like, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says it best, the natural man can't perceive the things of God. They're foolishness to them. And so we as a church have to say, I want to demonstrate what love looks like to you. I want to show you the way Jesus loves, and I want this to be the way we do that. And that's where John 8, 34, and 35, Jesus put it this way, talking about the crowd. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This is where there's no way that they can ever begin to find freedom until they know God. There's no way they can discover their purpose until God. It won't make sense. They'll run from it. Think of how all that you've walked through, everybody in here, in all your years of walking with the Lord, think how gracious he's been to walk you through stuff, to get you to where you are today, and still faithful to move you forward. It's by God's grace, and we help We want to help people do that as well. And Jesus said, whoever wants to save their life will what? Will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Well, let me say this. Everybody loses their life. Like like 100%, one out of one, we all die. (laughs) I don't want to freak anybody out. I'm not going down that road tonight. But (laughs) we don't make it out of here alive unless the rapture happens. And praise God for that. But if the rapture doesn't happen, we're going out of here. So we all do it. It's just a matter of, hey, do we want to surrender it and give it all to him and let him use it? And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people still, even in the church, even in the church, 
I hope you've come to the place where you realize God's a lot smarter than you are. He's a lot more gracious than you are. He's a lot more faithful than you are. And you're not thinking, hey, I can do this still. I can work it out. (laughs) That you're still trying to do it in your own understanding, your own ability that somehow I can do it. I hope you'll come to the place where you'll lose it and say, Lord, I I want to be used by you. And I want to be used by you in such a way that when I stand before you, he's going to look and say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what he wants to do with us as a church. And this is, this is, I'll close with this. God, God can what? God can do more with my life than I can. Can you say that with me? God can do more with my life than I can. He can do it. But it's going to take us surrendering and saying, Lord, I give it up, all of it. I'm not looking for a title. I'm not looking for a position. I'm not looking for a status. I'm a child of the King. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's simply about us committing. Commit my life to Jesus. Over and over and over. Over and over and over. That's what He wants us to do. And commit it in such a way that when we see people, we see them as lost. Jesus had compassion because he saw them as lost. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs 11.30 says this. And I say this to you, church. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And the one who is wise saves lives or wins souls. Win souls. There are people that will never make it to heaven unless we come to the place where we say, Lord, I need, use me to whatever. As a body believer, not as my own self, no lone rangers in the church. And then Jesus said in Luke 19.10, and I close with this scripture. For the Son of Man came to do what? Seek and save those who are lost. What's your mission? What's our mission? If if our number one mission is not to seek and save those who are lost, then we're in danger of becoming a club. We're in danger. If, 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 If it says, Lord, I will do anything you say, I will go with all my heart to those who are not me, not simply those who are me. Jesus, let's pray right now. Father, I do thank you. I thank you for your precious people right here that love you, Lord. They've, they've walked with you, Lord. They're seasoned, Lord. They, they know your voice. And they hear it very well. And I thank you, Lord, that you would impact every one of us. Those who will listen later, Lord, by, by either a CD or a podcast. Lord, I pray that the resounding scripture in their heart the resounding anthem in their heart would be lord you love lost people and you want to use us to reach them lord you said that the laborers the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few lord help us help us to come together and be the body be the one that reaches out and save those who are perishing right now lord thank you for doing it in jesus name and I'm going to dismiss. And if you need prayer, we'll be here to pray and anoint. Here, let's, let's pray right now. Father, I do thank you for each of these, your servants.
Lord, I thank you for the incredible team that you've built here and continue to build. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, as we open our arms to those who are, who are lost, those who are wondering, those who don't even know who you are, Lord, we get the privilege and the honor to introducing them to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to the one that will transform their whole life and settle their eternity. Lord, I thank you for giving us eyes to see, giving us ears to hear, giving us hearts to obey everything you say that we can make a difference in the lives of people right here in Glen County, Georgia. We thank you for it, and we celebrate you right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Let's worship him for just a moment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.